You are listening to the People-Centric Podcast, where we talk through the toughest challenges that people face at work and give practical advice to fixing those challenges. Thanks for joining our movement to create workplaces that are happier, healthier, aligned, and empowered by putting people at the center of all that we do. People-centric leaders, am I excited to be able to see you again? And I say see you because I think this is a a good reminder. You know, I I see myself and I see Diana. I'll get to her in just a second. But we're on YouTube. You can listen to us. Maybe you've listened to us for a while. You can go check us out on YouTube if you want the nonverbals and the entire experience. But I'm excited that you're here uh, with us for this podcast. And this is something that I think you're going to enjoy. Um, We are wrapping up the year. We are at year end when the holiday season, the holiday traditions abound for all types of uh, different types of traditions and people. For me, you know what that means? It's time to sit on Santa's lap and talk about the things that we're wishing for. Uh, You know, I I had this. I'm just going to give total transparency uh, here. I was on a walk a little bit ago. It's a nice, Diana, I don't know what it's like in Washington, but in Missouri right now, it's 65 and sunny, and it's December the seventh. Not very, uh, not very like Santa winter wonderlandish, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was in short sleeves and shorts, just taking a walk around the block, just trying to yeah. trying to get my uh, you know, body in motion there and thinking. And and I thought, you know, Diana and I have this podcast, and I wonder if this uh, idea might work. And you know what? I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, you know, for many of you, this resonates. You know, you sit on Santa's lap, you talk about the wishful things that you're hoping that that you get, and your parents are in the background going, that's not going to happen, right? <laughs> I want a pony. Let them down gently, Santa. That's not going to happen. Uh, but for... For uh, some of these things, I'm not I'm not putting you or myself on Santa's lap. I am imagining the conversations that maybe CEOs, managers, department heads, however, leadership of organizations. I'm imagining I'm putting that hat on and sitting on Santa's lap based on the experiences and conversations that we've had with folks all year. All year, I'm thinking about what are those things that I think that they are going to be asking Santa for this year towards the end of the year. And it's not just about the managers and the leaders too. There's a there's an employee experience based off of this. You might be listening to this uh, this podcast as a frontline employee going, what's in it for me? Um, ironically, it's going to be a lot of the same things. Diana, you just talked about that and I'll let you maybe say hello and talk about why you're excited about this topic. But but um, but for, for a lot of times, the employees want the same things as managers, maybe in a different type of ask, right? Yeah, I'm going to start out this by saying I will not sit on Santa's lap and I don't care about the holidays. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan. I'm bah humbug Scrooge. And that is what I'm going to go with. But I can get behind the wishful thinking and the planning for next year and the things that, that I want to see from leaders next year. I can I can get behind that, you know. Yeah, yeah, but I I've can... seen your tree. You have a you have a nice, beautiful tree there in the front room. You like baking all the things. You get caught up in the spirit too. I mean, next I... next oh, Friday, me... this is just a behind the scenes for the folks out there. Next Friday, Diana's flying into town. She's coming to town instead of Santa. It's Diana's coming <laughs> to town, and we're excited about it. We're going to get together, have our people centric year end celebration together. We have some gift giving uh, there, and I'm excited to to see what everybody got. But Diana has a hard candy shell. We've talked about this earlier but on the inside 
You're the fat. tree is only for the family. It's not for me. <laughs> right. so I don't like it. But if it's going to be in my house, it better be spectacular. That's yeah. what I need. It better be good. Well, it is good. I've seen it. And, you know, I've been there. I've gotten yeah. to go to Washington and see it. And I know exactly where it is. I know exactly where it's there. And so it's have that context. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Some of the things that I believe based off of the experience of not only working with some folks, but maybe even just hearing from managers at different conferences that I've been speaking at, uh, business owners alike, I'm kind of kind of using that term uh, generically. They're people in leadership positions at organizations, right? People in managerial leadership positions at organizations. What are some of the things that they have maybe uh, been asking for? What do I think that they're hoping for at the end of the year for their specific organizations. And I think number one on the list, which is amazing, is uh, we need a perfect communication system. Now, right off the bat, Diana, maybe what's wrong with that thought? Well, perfect is probably a stretch, right? That's not the perfect is hard. Um, But I will say that is the number one thing we hear from organizations, hands down, every time. I've never walked into a company where they're like, "Our, our communication stellar. We excel at it. No one has ever said that ever, ever, ever. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head, not just managers want that. Guess what? Employees want that too. So this is like the perfect wish for everybody. Yeah. So what does that, but what does that mean though? When you say you want better communication, what does that look like? What does that mean? You know, and I think this is a great question because we do a communications workshop, a communication styles workshop. And it is, by the way, if you're looking for a sweet team builder, give us a call because people love it. People love, we have traveled far and wide to deliver this topic. And what's what's amazing about that is we have no less than, I don't know, uh, 20 different communication tools at our disposal now. Like we have more access to people than ever, ever before. Whoever's listening to this podcast, just think about your own organization. You call people, you text people, you email people, you Zoom people, you Teams people, you Slack people. I mean, there's social media platforms now. There's different apps in the workplace that you can come together to be able to project. Like we have so much, many communication so tools. Much. And sometimes from the leadership's perspective, it's like, I wish my employees would actually use it. But sometimes from the employee's perspective, it's like, which one do you want me to freaking use? I have, I have, which, which bright, shiny toy do you want me to use right now? In fact, we've gotten maybe inundated, uh, I think, to a point um, as, as well. And so I think, I think for organizations, they're, they're saying, man, we need help with communication, which again, blows a lot of people's minds. Cause that's always at least number two on the ask list that people give us a call for yeah, please call at least. communication. It's broken. Now, some of you, some of you are accidentally set up to fail. You're accidentally set up to fail because you are diversified. We are remote. We are working in many different types of locations. I have these two, two different departments reporting to six different managers. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Sometimes, you know, the lack of communication transparency starts with your org design and the way that you set it up. Um, and so maybe taking a start a step back from that is a is a good opportunity. Organizations that have poor communication, Diana, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this. Like they might not even have to tell us that that's the thing. But if we walked into an organization and we and and and, and communication was a struggle, like what are the types of things you might see or hear out of an organization where it's clearly broken? They haven't said it's broken, but we can just see and hear certain things. Yeah, I think the biggest red flag that that I look for is the us versus them language, right? When people start saying like, wow, that those people over there, them at the top, right? Instead of we or us, 
because you're all on the same team. You're all working for the same company. But when the communication gets really off, it starts that like narrative of, yeah, we're all on the same team, but we're not working for the same stuff, right? I do this job, they do this job, and we are not aligned. We are not together. We are not the same. We don't have the same goals. We don't have the same values, right? And I think that's that's one of the ones that I look for when I'm like, is communication broken here? Oh, yeah. uh, and the other one is like, well, go ahead. You, you I was, say, I was just, I was just going to say, you'll also hear uh, from like the frontline employee level. Like we're always the last one to know what, know what goes on yep. around this place. Yep. I don't even ask questions anymore. I learned a long time not to ask questions anymore. I just keep my head down and go to work. And now uh, some lead people in leadership might be like, perfect. That's exactly what I would like you to do. But I don't know if that's the best uh, approach to be able to, to let that happen. So you're trying to create engagement here. I think one of the best opportunities to create engagement and buy-in is to be transparent up front, um, you know, as, as transparent as you can be uh, without divulging all the company secrets. I get it. But uh, as transparent as I can be to be able to trust the frontline employees, to be able to help us accomplish these things that they want to help you accomplish. Yeah. And I also think when we hear things like, I don't know what they want from me. I've told them a thousand times, right? I've told them, I sent an email, I have this thing, right? Well, if the information still isn't getting to them for whatever reason, there's a disconnect. There's still something broken. So we have to figure out what that broken thing is and why it's broken still. I'm going to jump off the manager leadership uh, one and I'm going to drop down and use one of the employee lists. So now it's the employee's turn to uh, sit on Santa's lap or whatever. Not like the, Diana's not doing it, but you know, the, this is what the employees I bet would ask for in the wishful thinking stage. And let's see if you guys uh, agree with this, but I hear this all the time. Employees want the opportunity to do something other than just the job that they were hired for. Now, this might, this might frustrate maybe people in leadership going, I hired them for that position because that's something that I need them to do. But if you're also in that leadership position and you're worried about things like engagement, buy-in, and retention, then I better look for opportunities, especially for those highly engaged ones to be able to stretch their legs out on something else than what they were just kind of hired to do. I don't want to make the widget for 10 hours a day all the time. I mean, I'm good at it and that's what you hired me to do, but I'm also capable of doing some more, doing some more things. So one, I guess, Diana, why do, why do the employees desire that? And two, uh, what are some of the benefits for leadership if they give them the opportunity to try some of those things? Yeah. So I think, you know, employees are adults and we talk about adult learning theory and people who want to be part of something bigger, people want to have autonomy, people want to feel like they're doing a good job. And all of that comes from varied experiences and new growth and new opportunities and, and the ability to take on things that live within their strengths that maybe they don't get to do every day. The, the adult learning theory shows that like humans naturally want those things. And the crazy part is every time we talk to a manager, a manager will be like, oh, I want engaged employees. And then we say, well, what have you done to engage them? What are you doing to help them feel better at work and feel like they want to take on things and have opportunities to do that? And it's like, well, they're not doing their current work. Okay, well, <laughs> man, you're- Yes, we can always find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Guess we can always find something, you know, I, I, I think that this takes us to another thing that I know leadership is really, really after. Um, but if you give employees the opportunity to work on some things that maybe are not technically their job, but but do align with some of the skill sets that they could potentially bring to the table. You know what that helps leadership do? Succession planning. Succession yeah. planning. You have an idea. We used to do a topic and we haven't done this for a while. Maybe we should bring this back, too. But it was called Hidden Gems. 
And hidden gems, the idea of hidden gems as a leadership topic was sometimes when we're like, you know what, I need somebody that can do this and I'm in leadership, then I need to look outside of the organization to bring somebody in. And the reason why it's called hidden gems is because in a lot of cases, those people that you're searching for already work there. We just haven't given them an opportunity to be able to maybe do some of those things. So we would argue that they're, the benefit of, of giving them the opportunity to work on some of those things is that it's going to kind of give them a renewed sense of purpose. They're going to feel like, man, I'm helping this organization succeed. I'm going to feel valued because you're tapping me on the shoulder and you're trusting me with some of these different things uh, to be able to work on. But the benefit for you is now you have an idea of what they're capable of. Um, you know, isn't part of management being able to build the most dynamic team that I can build? And and if I'm hoarding those things and not giving some people the opportunities to do that, I, I, I just said some people and I recognize I said, I said some people, I get it. There might be some some other people that you do not want to unleash and give them the opportunity to do certain things. So it's part of understanding the strengths of the folks that you have there. But boy, the benefits of being able to feed some of those different tasks to folks that have some skill set in that to bring them to the to the table as an engaged, renewed sense of purpose employee, uh, man, that is a lot of street cred for you, manager, if you can find ways to be able to, to engage the folks like that. So anything else to add to that one? Yeah, it helps. It helps with retention too, right? Because then people aren't bored and people don't feel stagnant and people feel like they have a path and that they're contributing something great. Like people want that. And granted, I'm saying people, I know some people are like, nope, I'm totally happy in the job that I'm doing. And I just like this thing. And that's great too, but the people who want that should be able to get that. And that only benefits them and the organization as, as they go along and do it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And this, you know, piggybacks onto the next managerial one, the leadership one that I was going to bring up, but I hear this quite a bit. I had a, I had a phone call with a business owner this morning, um, trying to get us in to do a team retreat. And one of the topics of the team retreat that they want us to talk about is how do we get our people to buy into what it is that we're doing, that we're trying to do? And so I can imagine, okay, it's manager leadership's opportunity to be able to say what, what it is. This is what we're hoping for. It's not a pony. It's bought in and engaged employees. That's what we would like. Bought in and engaged employees. And I've seen so many actions that go counter to this. And what I mean by that is, is leadership of organizations not doing the things that you would do to be able to create that thing, uh, but they're still hoping that that thing comes into some sort of an existence, right? They're 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 going through the the motions, wondering why that's not happening. But there's some things that they're doing, and maybe we could take this approach with it, Diana. Some things that they're doing that is not creating the space for people to become bought in and engaged. And maybe do you have thoughts on like what those things that we see organization leaders doing that you're not you're not creating the space for that to happen because you're doing yeah. these types of things? So many things, but I think the main one that that really diminishes engagement is micromanaging, right? I've told you what to do, exactly how to do it. I have planned the project. I've given you the SOP. I'm telling you this is the way, and I'm not giving you any autonomy or space to think and use your actual brain and do something good, right? Like I'm telling you. Uh, I think one of the other things is um, going against core values and and not thinking through those things when they when they give a project, right? They're just saying, here, here's our project, but they're not thinking about their core values, like respect and trust and uh, humility and, you know, all those things that an organization puts out there and says, this is what we live by, but then they don't actually live by that. And that causes yeah. a lot of disengagement. 
Oh yeah, I, I would add to that too. I like both of those points, but I, I would add to that as well. That you know, we do a lot of different workshops at conferences and things, and or and leaders, you know, they're asking for certain types of culture influencing topics, which we bring a lot of that content. Our newest one though is called delegation. Uh, we've already booked that one a few times for next year, where they want us to go do a couple of hour workshop on this idea of delegation. You know why? Because we stink at it. Not we. We're pretty good at it. That's why we're teaching it. But you all struggle you struggle hard with delegation and we do this as uh, human fun right? fact i struggle matt <laughs> with delegation yeah we struggle with delegation and for i won't get into it but we get in we we struggle with delegation for so many different reasons there's different uh, different reasons that we would say that we struggle with delegation but fast forward and if i struggle with delegation and i'm not kind of giving my my folks the opportunity to buy into something because i've kept them out of it all the way up in the creation of the thing that i'm hoping that they didn't latch on to but they haven't seen the thing until i say good news here's the thing go go get it tiger now all of a sudden i want you to think about it like this you're creating robots you're not creating engaged employees yeah. and i don't know if that's what you're after i know why you're doing what you're doing and I'm not saying you're sabotaging uh, on purpose. Absolutely not. You, you're, you're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to do the best thing. Um, but without the opportunity to be able to delegate uh, some of those responsibilities and bring people in earlier in the process, you're going to have a hard time creating buy-in and engagement from those employees that you desperately want that buy-in engagement from. Yeah. So anyway, let's go to the next one. That's that's a couple from the manager's list. Uh, let's go to another one here. And I'm you know, I'm sure you have thoughts on this. Uh, and you might be surprised that this is on the employee list here, but I would bet based on conversations, the amount of people I interact with, there's going to be people that march up there and, and sit on Santa's lap and say, you know what I want? My organization to have an actual fair annual performance evaluation. I want, I want to know if I'm doing well or not. Um, and that might surprise you because I just heard a lot of managers gasp. They're going, no, no, no. They don't want to know if they're not doing well. That's not true. They do. Uh, I think. I think what we have seen is is um, annual performance evaluation processes. They either don't exist or they're set up poorly. And maybe let's just talk about that. Um, why does it need to maybe exist, but maybe not in the traditional sense uh, that that some folks are accustomed to? Yeah, I think a lot of people are used to those annual or semi-annual performance evaluations where they get a list of things and they're like, we rated you one through five on all of these things. And they're shocked by some of the numbers, right? Like, why did I get a two in this? Well, because six months ago you did this thing that I didn't like, and I wrote it down and I never talked to you about it and I never engaged you on it. But, but I, I told you it was, I'm telling you now, I'm telling you got a two instead of a five because of this thing that you had nothing to know about or couldn't fix in the time that you had. So I think people hate, the surprise. I think they hate the length of time that goes between it. I think they hate the, um, you know, sort of ranking system that gets tied to them and, and their inability to move that if they can, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons. And it's emotional too. Like this entire conversation is based around me, my performance, okay. what you think of me, it's tied to my money. Like there's a lot going on with this conversation, which, which honestly, sets us up for failure. Now, some of the managers listening, I realize you work for a large organization that you have no control over what this performance evaluation process looks like. However, what I would encourage you to do is maybe set up some regular one-on-ones with your folks so you can kind of stay in tune with them throughout the year. So it's not just waiting for that one 
once a year. Let me tell you what I think about you. But honestly, you don't remember what I did in February. This is a 60-day evaluation. This is not an annual performance evaluation. So if you can maybe, I, I recognize some of you, again, might work for an organization where you have no control over not doing it. You have to do it. I came from an organization like that. I yeah. have to do it. But maybe if you could create some more communication touch points along the way and really build that relationship with your folks, then that year-end performance evaluation is going to go much more smoothly for you. Um, yeah. I would imagine too. Yeah. Can I add one other too? And, and let me just add, let me, I don't know if there's any board members listening right now. Maybe you're on the board of of an of, of an organization or an association. One of the most recent things that we did as far as the strategic planning process, we have what's called a pathfinder. We have a strategic planning process, you know, in addition to just the regular partnerships. But one of the uh, organizations that we just recently went through this with started because I got a phone call from the president, CEO of the organization who reported to a board. Um, and the ask from the president and the CEO, and this is mind blowing. And I think it's an example of humble leadership, which I'm a big fan of. Um, the ask was, I would like the board and I would like your whole, uh, help with, um, in helping the board create an annual, like a performance, some sort of a performance evaluation, not for my frontline people, but for me as the CEO, as the president, as the, the, the person running it, I don't have that in my life. And for some of you, you might be going, why would he, that sounds like the perfect gig, right? You just go, as long as the doors are open, you're killing it, right? Just collect yeah. your check and go. But this guy, and, I, and I've accidentally almost slipped and said his name three times. I'm not going to do that. But uh, this guy uh, was going, uh, I need that because just for me personally, I want to know that I'm doing well in the eyes of the people that are trusting me to do well yeah. for this organization. Um, you know, and, and, and it was kind of a small town deal. And some of the folks on the board were like, we appreciate that he's asking for it. And honestly, they were basing on, is it going well or not by how many complaints they got from the general public, right? Yeah. There's yeah. gotta be something more to that. And so this isn't just a, thing where managers are needing great employees, hopefully if you're in the man manager or leadership role, you're asking for the same type of thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's super universal. I mean, I'll, I'll admit that I'm not a great feedback person. I'm not good at managing feedback. If, if I'm not saying that you're doing bad, then you're doing good. That's kind of no news is good news. Um, and every time I have an evaluation on me, my employees always say, I need more feedback from you, right? Everybody wants the feedback. They want to know they're doing a good job or they want to know they're doing a bad job because they want to fix it. So yeah, definitely an employee wish and hopefully a manager wish too. Yeah. I would say, I would say that would go universally, like you said there too. All right. Just yeah. a couple of more here for the manager's perspective. Gosh, we hear this a long time or, or a lot. We've heard it for a long time and it's not industry specific either, but how often do we hear, you know what I want Santa is I want uh, managers that actually hold their people accountable as a leadership team. I want managers that actually hold the, the, the employees accountable. And this is another one of those can, that can get squirrely. In fact, if you don't know that that's the issue, you could just spend some time in the organization and we can feel that. Like we can pinpoint that and go, heck, um, there's a there's a lack of accountability in this place. And you can see just the chaos that kind of ensues there too. Why is it, Diana, that managers don't hold people accountable anyway? Because accountability is hard. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard and it's uncomfortable. Do. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. It's hard. It's um sometimes nebulous, right? Like there's no set procedure for accountability, right? So 
it's hard. It goes kind of to that evaluation. Like, oh, I'll, I'll write it down and I'll tell them in a year. Right. Right. Just doing it effectively is really difficult. And a lot of times some it's subjective, right? Are you getting the work done that I think you should be getting done or, oh, but you've told me you have this other work. And so maybe you're doing that instead. And it's accountability is hard. I think this is one of those too, like in your, in your new hire manager onboarding, I bet this isn't even covered in most organizations. Like I'm going to take you through the technical stuff that, you know, this is what you do to write up your employees. If they're not doing what it is that they need to be doing, this is how you, this is how you go through the payroll process. If you have any HR issues, this is how you report it. Uh, You know, technical issues. Here's the number to the IT team, but it's like, I, I don't think that it ever goes into let's walk through what may be a difficult conversation or holding the team accountable looks like and how do I do that? And let's talk about why that's important. That's, it seems like that's one of those next level managerial things that honestly people typically reach out to us for and say, dang, we are struggling with this. Can you help give us some perspective or do kind of a workshop around this idea? And we're always, we're always happy to do that, but it's not something that's just a part of the training. If you graduated and got your degree, you're super excited to take a leadership role. That was not one of the classes that you took to be able to get that degree, right? This is yeah. this is a, a next level kind of a thing. And again, we're taking it from the perspective of manager to employee, but your employees want it also. Your employees yeah. desire to work for organizations that have accountability standards too. Yeah. Uh, and to your uh, point, I have a master's in business and never had a single class on accountability. It just wasn't a thing. They don't teach it. It's not yeah. a deal. Yeah. yeah. And and right now, right now, more than ever, I'm just going to kind of uh, say maybe it's an elephant in the room where there's a lot of people going, I can't hold accountability because they'll leave and I can't hire people because that's a thing, too. And so, you know, I agree. I think some of the some of the ones might leave if we start to have harder conversations with them. Um, but if you don't and just avoid all of those conversations, you're going to lose people also. The problem with that is you're going to lose the good ones that yeah. did want to work in an environment that did have some kind of structure to it, that did have some level of accountability to it. Those highly engaged people want that. And that's what and, they do with the losing. And I know this is in the manager column, right? This is a manager wish list, but I bet that a lot of employees would say the same thing. Okay. Like, no, I do want it to be fair. Like I'm busting my butt over here, but Joe Schmo is lazy and can <laughs> take a hundred days off and call in every day. And I'm yep. picking slack for that. I would love it if somebody would, Hold Joe accountable. That would be great. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think it's an employee wish too. Universal. Good. Man, we're seeing a lot of symmetry here between Much. the two lists. So a lot much. of symmetry. All right. One more that I have, and then I'll open it up and okay. see if you have anything else too. Okay. Uh, one okay. more that I have. I bet the employees would say, you know what I want as an employee at my organization? I want managers that actually listen to the things that I'm trying to bring up. I want managers that actually take time to actually listen because I, you know, we hear quite a bit of it from organizations where this is a struggle and those employees all of a sudden they just got tired of raising the flag that they don't raise the flag anymore and for managers that are listening or leadership that's listening right now you're going perfect how long did that take right that's i want to build that process you don't want that you don't want that i think the charge for managers is are you doing a good job of creating a space where people can raise the flag even if it's uncomfortable for you employees desire managers that listen managers that take time and you might be sitting there going manager oh no i have an open door policy they can come to me whenever i don't even know if that's good right open door we equate to open chaos maybe it needs to be a little bit more intentional than that managers that listen are also maybe the managers that 
that are proactive with the time. So if I'm managing Diana, I might say, hey, Diana, let's just get together once every couple of months or whatever that is, once a quarter, once every 30 days. And I just want to create the space. Even if there's nothing earth shattering that you have, I just want to create the space. I want to make sure that you have a space to be able to say what it is that you think that you need to say. So you think that's a universal one also? You think that goes both ways? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no... There's no person on earth that doesn't want to be heard. There's no one on, I mean, everybody wants to feel like they have a voice, like they're, they're being heard when they're bringing up things. Everybody wants to feel like there's some intent behind words and actions. Right. And I think, yeah, I think that that's a super universal one. And it sort of ties to the one that I had, which was the wish list for everybody is I want to feel like I'm cared about at work as a human not just as like a, a a number and an employee and like part of the cog in the wheel, you know, I want to feel like I'm cared for. Like somebody yeah. listens to me, like somebody actually knows me, cared about. You know, the amount of people that just threw up in their mouths just a little bit when you said that, uh, it was probably a it <laughs> But it's important. You know, I say, this, I say this quite a bit. I know we've done other podcasts about this topic here. Happy's not happy's not the goal, right? The, some people are going, why do I have to make sure that they're happy? Why do I have to I pay them to do a job? Please do your job. But in this day and age, especially if you struggle with this already, the younger generation has a very low tolerance for working for, for leadership and managers. They do not make, make sure that they understand that I have a life outside of here and it was my choice to come work for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's a different narrative. Than, than the you know the then days of old I guess I should say and that are. narrative changed quickly I'm gonna tell managers like that changed within the last five years maybe I mean yeah. it was like a quick okay the workforce is different now those the the older generation who kind of was like I'm gonna be here forever I'm gonna do this thing and I'm I'm okay and as long as you pay me I'm okay that's gone those days are over you have yeah. to care about the people that work for you because they have chosen to work for you not because you're touchy-feely but because if you do they also will work harder to help you succeed yeah that's kind of the I, kicker. I hate it i hate that that is true i'm not lying i'm not lying i hate it i hate that hate it's, it's such a strong word it's uh, <laughs> but it's so because it's so hard for me it's so i am one of those people that i'm like listen they pay me to do a job i do that job i do it super well and i go home and i don't need any of the other stuff right i think matt you make fun of me because I don't share. I hadn't shared a lot of my life in the past and it was a struggle to get me to even share the things that I shared now. Um, but I have grown and I think that sharing and caring bleh, um, <laughs> has, has totally improved the way that we work. It really has. Yeah. And again, I think you're going to find it not as a want as we continue to move forward, but it's going to be kind of a must. Yeah. It's going to be kind of a must because yeah. you're you're trying to attract talent there. Not not to say you, you might have employees that are like Diana too, and they don't need, they need less of that, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if we can boil it all the way down to, but they still want to know if they're doing well in your eyes. Like they're still, they still want to know they're doing well or not well. Like I, it's got to be at least to that. Um, it's got to yeah. be at least to that, uh, that feedback there. So, you know, the, the nice thing is, you know, we, we kind of couched this whole idea here as a wish list for the end of the year uh, for whatever your holiday traditions might be, again, I equated it to sitting on Santa's lap and talking about these are the things that I'm wishing for, that I'm hoping for. It's a wish list. And hopefully some of those hit the mark for you. You're going, dang, that's that's true. I would, I would ask for that. I would hope for this. I would wish for that. The nice thing is none of these have to be really 
wishes are imaginative anyway. Like these are the things that we do. You can totally make that happen. All of these things that we talked about here, it's not a Yahtzee moment, you know, but all of these things that we talked about here, uh, we work in, we play in, we enjoy doing, and frankly, we're good at, we're good at connecting these, these dots for organizations and employee, you know, employees, managers alike. We're good at bridging those gaps between frontline and, and leadership. We're good at bridging the gaps between leadership, executive teams, and boards. Um, you know, we, we are, we are ultimately, I think, you know, Diana, what struck me most maybe is I have these two lists separated. If you want to know behind the scenes, there's my notes for what this <laughs> looks like here, but uh, <laughs> on our people's centric uh, letterhead there. But if you want to want to know behind, behind the scenes, like I had those two things separated out, but the symmetry, like we used earlier between the two lists, we all kind of want the same things. Yeah. Our approach and how we go about getting there, or maybe our desire for wanting it in the first place might be a little bit different. Uh, yeah. but the motivation's different. Sure. Motivation's different. Yeah, but we all kind of want the same thing. So yeah. anything to add before we move to close? Well, I'll say that also all of these topics, uh, communication, accountability, uh, performance evaluations. We have po- we have whole podcasts dedicated to all of those. I'll try to find a few and link them in the show notes so that you guys can easily be like, oh yeah, I want one on engagement. I want one on accountability and I'll link it in there. But look through our old podcasts. We have covered these topics. Absolutely have content for that. And if you can't find it or you want something more specific, you can always reach out to us. We're always happy to talk to you. Yeah, we're always happy to talk to you. We love we love engaging with our listeners. So please feel free to reach out. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you share it. Hope you took something away from it. And hey, you know what? Instead of just other topics, we don't say this a lot. But if you took something from one of the podcasts, used it, turned it into a win, man, we would love to hear that win. Also, we want to celebrate that success with you. We would love to, to help cheer you on as you are trying to apply some of these things. You mean you want to hear that you're doing a good job at the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> want to hear I'm I'm killing. Is that what it. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I want to hear that I'm killing okay. it, and maybe you guys can vote on who your favorite uh, podcaster is. I don't know if we want to go there, but I would appreciate. Don't that. do that. I will cry. I'll <laughs> cry when I find right. out that I am the least liked person. <laughs> oh, that's not true. You know, you have fans all over the place. You hear from them. <laughs> hey, everybody. We appreciate you very, very much. Hope you have a great year end of whatever organization you're working for, whatever role that you have, and uh, as always, we appreciate your listening share it can't say it enough we appreciate you listening love you so much goodbye thank you for listening to the people-centered podcast we are so grateful for you joining us every week if you like this content please like and subscribe also feel free to share on your social media with everyone that you know it really does help us if you would like to contact us i have put our information in the show notes. Please reach out anytime. We love hearing from you. We will be back next week with a new topic. Until then, be well and lead well.